most of the coaching is done by listening and asking questions, not answering or giving advice or sharing experiences or mentorship or anything like that. It's just asking the right questions and letting the person across the table think, and they usually get to solve their puzzle on their own. At the end, it's not about what you have or even what you've accomplished. It's about who you've lifted up, who you've made better. It's about what you've given back. Denzel Washington. Do you ever worry that you don't have anything of value or that you don't make enough to give? After all, things cost so much and the problems of the world are so large. How could the contributions of one average person ever make a dent in them? The truth of the matter is, we all have something of value to share. It can be the labor of our hands or the sweat of our brow, a few minutes of our attention, a personal story, or some advice shaped by experience. On today's episode of Doorward Thinking, Jake joined me to talk with podcast host and real estate investor Nathan Murrith from Undor about how he lives his values by sharing his experience with his students for free. That's right. He shares his knowledge of real estate for absolutely nothing. I'm going to pause for a second to let that sink in. Here's our chat with Nathan. Welcome back, thinkers. We are here with Nathan Murrath of Undor. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Super happy to be here. It's our pleasure to have you. How is it out in sunny California? Hey, you said it. It's sunny. And um, since I'm talking to two folks out in St. Louis, I'm not going to say anything about how, quote unquote, air quotes here, cold it is. It's been colder than usual for California. So we're just going to hop right into it. You aren't just running Undor, but you're a host on the Gentle Art of Crushing It podcast, and you're putting together a list with every REI tool imaginable out there. You're a busy guy. so. I'm just curious, how did all of this get started? The, the the two, I think, that may arguably the most important ones that you left out. I'm also a husband and a father, so those take precedence. And then um, by day, I'm in technology, so I'm a, a technology professional, have been for my entire career. That's what I studied. That's why I'm out here in the Bay Area, build you know technology products and teams. Um, so I've always been interested, kind of in just technology, software products, you know, apps and whatnot. Uh, that's kind of my background, and maybe you know, my first passion. And then, you know, as part of just, you know, having kids looked for ways to start saving for their college, you know, education, if we decide to send them to college, or I should say maybe pay for it. <laughs> uh, we just we decided to get into real estate. So we started, you know, investing in real estate, you know, quite a few uh, years ago. Now, we invest in real estate remotely. So at a distance or, or out of state. And that just grew organically, which turned into this company now called, you know, Undoor, which is, you know, it's a brand, it's a storefront, it's a, it is a company, yes, but it just kind of organically happened. And um, there was mainly for our own telling our story, it started with, as well as just, you know, being an investing company. And then, you know, kind of just organically talking to family and friends and, you know, coworkers and neighbors and stuff like that. We found ourselves 
kind of answering the same questions again and again and, you know, gaining interest from people, you know, around us who are just like, hey, we, you know, I'd like to get started in in this, you know, out of state or doesn't have to be out of state, but in this, you know, real estate investing thing. And how do you do this? And how do you do that? And where do you start? And do you go see the property? And like all these questions. So we just started putting kind of this educational content together just because we were answering the same question a lot. And apparently, you know, our surrounding our surroundings were interested in the topic. So did that. And then that kind of turned into people finding, reaching out to us on, you know, things like bigger pockets or, you know, other podcasts and things like that, just wanting to to see if we could help, um, you know, in a like a coaching capacity. So we do a little bit of that through Undoor as well. And then yeah, I got to meet a bunch of great people just through, you know, investing in real estate, including people who we're just interested in like success and success mindset in general. And these folks, we're six or seven uh, co-hosts, depending on the month, I guess. But this group of people, kind of, we're part of a, a coaching and mastermind thing that uh, we decided to get together and put this podcast together called The General Art of Crushing It. And it's all about yet yeah, like success stories, you know, success mindset. How do you get out of a funk? How do you find the energy, the motivation, the tools, the tips, the tricks, whatever it may be to really continue to make progress in life and, you know, work towards your goals or whatever that may be. And that's the podcast. And sorry, this is kind of the long intro story here, oh, no, but they all, all stitched together. So, you know, <laughs> so you know how these things came together, but in doing that, the podcast and real estate endeavors as well, you know, I, I grew frustrated with not having a single place where I could go that was purpose built for real estate investors and professionals. You know, it doesn't have to be strictly speaking real estate, you know, investors, but any real estate professional. So I couldn't find, I didn't know of a single place where you could go to kind of see a, a list of every kind of software tool every you know educational material every you know other podcast every youtube channel every book for like real estate professionals and real estate investors and you know you'd find some like this personality has their blog and they talk about two or three tools for wholesaling let's say because that's what they're into and then you go to this other blog and they're a fix and flipper so they have you know their preferred calculator for fix and flip or whatever and then you go to Bigger pockets and bigger pockets, a mishmash of 2 million or however many users they have, different opinions, as well as whatever bigger pockets chooses to push forward as a partner. But there was nowhere that I could find, at least where you could just go and say, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting into this or I haven't looked for tools in a while and I'm, uh, you know, I'm into Burr, right? Buy rent, buy rehab, mm-hmm. rent, refi, repeat, right? Uh, what kind of tools and resources, you know, be it educational books, calculators, YouTube channels, podcasts that cover that topic. So because I couldn't find it anywhere and I was annoyed and I would find it personally helpful, I said, oh, I'm going to, and I love technology. Like I said before, I said, oh, I'm going to put together this, this website called every real estate. So it's every REI tool.com. So it's like every real estate investing tool. And it's basically just the most comprehensive catalog I could build and come up with that just hosts, you know, every piece of tool, software, podcast, YouTube, book, you know, resource out there for real estate professionals and investors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well as hopefully smartly kind of classifies them so that depending on what you're looking to get into, if you're looking for calculators, you go there. If you're looking for lead generation tools, you go there. If you're looking for 
website hosting solutions, you go there, right? And what we try to do is just make sure, you know, if you look for a CRM is another example, you you go to that section and we try to just break down the the different categories to be helpful, hopefully, and trying to account for all the tools out there that were built specifically for real estate. Because there are hundreds of CRMs out there, for example, but there's a few that were built specifically for real estate agents, for real estate investors, for you know, flippers, things like that. So that's what every REI tool is. And hopefully that's that threads all the all the different pieces together that you brought up. It's amazing. It's amazing. You're doing so much. And I know that Dorward is proud to be on that comprehensive directory that you've created. Yeah, it's um super happy to put you up there as well because I think Dorward is unique. I don't know that I and I've obviously spent quite a few hours now, nights and weekends mostly, right? Just scouring the internet, the blogs, you know, forums, asking people for like tools they use, what I might not have found. And there's, I don't know that there's anything out there like Dorward. There are blogs, yes, there are forums, yes, there are communities, yes, but there's no like, there's nothing else like Dorward, I guess. So so it was the first that made it into the social category, I think. And there, I don't even know if there's a second. So Wow. All right. You might be the only one on the page. So you get uh you get, <laughs> we'll take you get front and center. We're, we're we're honored to be a part yeah, yeah. of it. And it's a great amazing resource that you've created, uh, a real service to the real estate community. But you started with two things that we left out, the husband and and father. Yeah, my apologies. <laughs> yes. So in the threads of all those the real estate, like, hey, what did they think about your all the things that you're doing in real estate, the umpteen like million things? Well, so my kids, I don't know that they think anything yet. They're three and five, so they're a little bit too young. But yeah, um, not, they don't have souls yet, rational souls at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, uh, they all they understand is when I'm busy doing these things, I'm not playing with them. So I have to be <laughs> mindful of that. I think they'll also appreciate it one day when they come to us if they ever need it and choose to do so and, and go to college. And we could tell them, hey, look, well, this property out there is paid for and. We bought it for or as your college fund. So yes, you can go to college, right? And here you go. Here's the property. Here's the asset. Either use the cash flow or refi or sell it, whatever you choose. But this is your college fund. And now they'll have all the tools to know what to do <laughs> That's right. with whatever they decide to do it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. My wife is very involved. So we started this together basically because it, it started from us going through a, a rough patch when our our second child was born uh, so it didn't sorry it didn't really start from that i think that accelerated it but it it really started when we had or we were thinking of having kids and then we had our first kid and we're like we got to find ways to set them up for their future so it just got us thinking right how you know what can we do stock market sure you know we're very exposed to the stock market simply because i'm in technology that's my w2 and it's a very common way to compensate, you know, people in the industry. So it's like thinking about other ways. And for the life of me, I can't remember where I first heard this. It might have been a bigger pocket podcast. It might have been Brandon Turner. It might have been somebody else. I don't know. But I heard this person say at one point, yeah, you know, we bought this property for our son, put it on a 15-year mortgage. And by the time they turn 18 and are ready to go off to college, it'll be paid for. And, you know, it'd be paid for, you know, massive cash flow, 15 years or more of appreciation, mm -hmm. rent increase, all this stuff. And and we put down 20% of, you know, $150,000 or whatever it is. And, you know, 15 years later, this thing is paid for, not by us, by a tenant, and it's worth 
twice maybe right the price that we bought it for so i heard that and i was like that that's genius <laughs> i was like I, i've never necessarily thought of it my parents own real estate they're not as active for example as as my wife and i are but I heard that and I was like, why didn't I know about this? Because it's just like, instead of me putting, you know, every month for 15 years, enough money of, to take, you know, to reach that, whatever, say two, 300 grand that you want for a college fund, that's, you know, potentially two or $300,000 of my own money coming out of my pocket every month to get there. Whereas with this real estate thing, it's somebody else's money. I just put the 30 grand down and 15 years later, I have 300 magically, right? And obviously these numbers depend on so many things. Absolutely. That was the catalyst, I guess. And then it got us talking and getting really interested in that. And for a long time, when our kids were very small, she did mostly that while I was trying to build our portfolio. But now she's, you know, basically as involved as as I am. Mm. So it's like, you know, deal review, deal analysis, you know, she'll come in with a different perspective, you know, often when we look at properties and and things like that, you know, she'll you know, she's on like all of the the exchanges, our emails and whatnot with like a property manager. So she sees what, you know, what happens. So she's very involved to answer your question. I like that you brought up your family and you also bring up your family and your website for Undor about us. Something that I found really fantastic was that you hope to pass on not just a property to your kids, but pass on your values yeah. to your kids. Yep. Yeah. So I'm curious because we're a podcast that is in the realist space, sure, but we are searching for wisdom. I'm mm-hmm. curious about what your big values are and how you live those out in your business and all your other projects that you're doing. That's a great question. How much time do we have? That's a great question. <laughs> we got plenty of time. How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Two more hours than us. Uh, yeah. I'm mean, <laughs> trying to think how to how best to answer this, but... I think some of our, I mean, I think my wife and I align, we've been married for many years now and we get along at least still today. So, uh, but I'll speak for myself. I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I think some, some of my core values that I hope to pass on to our kids is being givers, wanting to, Mm -hmm. to help really. I think generally speaking, this, you know, most definitely just, you know, how I feel most days, but I feel like myself individually, me, my family, growing up with my brothers and sister and my parents and all of that, and now our own family, I just feel like we've always been very fortunate mm-hmm. in life, way more fortunate than, you know, many other people and families across the globe, right? And because we are in this position of being, you know, fortunate, I just feel like it the right thing to do as people and as human is to give back and it's not necessarily giving back, you know, money or whatever. It's not what we're talking about, but it's to, to be generous with others and wanting to help and be there for other people and, and for other people, sorry. And, and just that giver attitude saying we are fortunate to have what we have. We don't need to keep everything to ourselves ever and try to get bigger, richer, whatever ourselves kind of in, in you know, kind of isolation. But it's like, yeah, it's okay if we miss out on this whatever opportunity, let's say financial opportunity, because we're giving back or we're doing something else, right? So that's a little bit of what we tried to do with the website as well, which is like Undoor, right? Our, our kind of what we do in, in the helping others coaching space is really just to, to give back um, to the community. And I think that's a big one. And the other one that I hope our kids will 
kind of keep in mind or or have as their own core value at one point um, in their lives is the value of you know work ethic and hard work. Yes, we're very fortunate, but we worked hard. Nothing's given for free. Our parents worked hard. You know, my wife and I work hard. We have these three, four different things that were going on, but that means, you know, it's a at least a 40-hour work week on the W-2 front, and then you got to find time to do these other things, yeah. right? So we're working 60, 80 hours a week to build a better future, to instill these values, to to help others, to do all these things, right, that don't necessarily where you don't necessarily see returns ever or mm-hmm. on a daily basis or something like that. So just, just put in the time, the effort, put in quality time and effort and be okay with working hard because nothing's given for free, right? You talked about not having returns. I would imagine though that plenty of times there are like the air quote returns, the intangibles or the the things that give you the warm, fuzzy feelings that prompt you to continue moving forward when you do put in that extra effort, you know, that extra 20, 30 hours a week to share, to be generous with your time and to give the resources that you have. Yeah. I'm curious, do you have a success story in that or something where you saw all of that extra effort pay off in a way that wasn't financial or monetary? I don't know if I have one. And I I mean, I'm kind of rambling here thinking about it, but there's also, I think it's just when we get the situations where the people we help in whatever context, right, real estate or otherwise, when we get their appreciation and recognition and like their gratefulness because somebody's helped them, that's enough, right? And one of the things, yeah, for example, like when we through Ondor, when we help people like from a like a coaching perspective or whatever, we came from a place where when you know we started ourselves investing in real estate, you know, several years ago, I was of the the impression and feeling that it was hard to get access to somebody with experience. Unless you have unlimited funds and deep, deep pockets, which was not our case, you know, when we started, still not our case today. But everybody's got a course to sell. Everybody's got a mentorship to sell, uh, a, a mastermind to sell. Like join this group, and the you know ticket, like ticket price, some you know varies from hundreds to tens of thousands of dollars, and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get yeah. out of those. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And you know, I've invested myself in some of those to try them, and arguably, I've been more disappointed than not. So a lot of what we do through on doors, like I just want to be available to help others. And I, by no means am I, you know, an expert in all the things, right? I know what I know. And if I don't know it, I just tell the people we talk to. So we've helped several people and we've helped quite a few people go from, I know nothing to I've bought my first rental and like the emails, the notes, the how happy and thankful and grateful these people are once they've gone through that. Because, oh, you helped me, you know, you held my hand through this whole process. I thought I was going to die because buying a house, oh my God, you know, it's all this stuff. Getting that feedback is plenty for me, right? And that's what's nice to hear, nice to read, nice to see, right? That we've helped somebody else. That's awesome. And I like that. Your whole jumping off point into this whole thing was a giving. You were thinking about your kids and in some way that maybe provide the motivation 
They're like, let me, let me get over yep. the hump of how do my, how do I do my first real estate deal? But it started with, it started with giving. And so then you've continued this uh, throughout the whole journey of real estate. And, and I, I have noticed it too with like when, when you first showed me the every REI tool.com, I just want this to be as valuable as possible. So any feedback is helpful. And it's just, there's like this, yep. I want to have like a, I serve others mentality. It's this just yep. generosity that you were talking about that that's so powerful, but given that you don't have always that, that return, what sustains that kind of mentality throughout this like service mentality throughout the, throughout the journey. Another great question. I think years ago, and I'm trying, I'm looking at my bookshelf here and I actually don't see it because I want to make sure I quote the right author. But one of my favorite books ever that changed how I think, I think is the, the book called Give and Take by, I think it's Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure about that, but I'd have to pull it up uh, just to confirm. And it's basically a whole book about like with evidence, science-backed and evidence that just shows how givers in life end up ahead than say takers. Yeah, That's the, yeah. the, the whole premise. And I read that book and it just, it hit a chord. I was like, this, it, it, I can't recall like the exact examples, but it's a great book that, you know, full of examples as well, where you read these stories of these people that just were selfless in a sense, giving their most of their lives or their adult lives or whatever it is. And ultimately these things happened, quote, happened. I don't know if it's serendipitous, but it happened, quote unquote, to them. And now they're these you know, personality, CEO, celebrity, you name it, whatever. And that was all stemmed from a place where they give, right? Maybe you want a great example today is Mr. Beast, right? On YouTube, maybe a perfect example where he seems to be very just giving of everything. And is it, isn't he like the most followed, most watched YouTube channel ever? I don't know. I think so. Is yeah, there he is. on yeah. Twitch or whatever, Switch or whatever the kids yeah. are on these days. <laughs> so it came from, it came from there, I think. But to answer your question, Dan, what sustains it? I, so I can't ever forget that book. I can't ever, you know, unknow what I now know from reading that. So it, it's very hard for me to just go a day and be like, oh, F it, right? I'm just going to be selfish today. <laughs> I don't care about anyone, right? It's, I, it's just yeah. not how how I work. Yeah. But it's also, I think it's having, that's maybe another value that I want, you know, my kids to have is, you know, being able to have and keep the long view, right? We're very much in kind of like this microwave society where you need everything tomorrow, Amazon Prime, you know, my literal microwaves, this, that, the other thing, you know, stock market, crypto returns, all this. But it's harder for people now to just sit and be like, I'm doing this now because 20 years from now, I'm going to get something from it. That's Maybe. a hard work mentality Yeah, that goes in conjunction with it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that's, that's what... um. Yeah, I think that's what keeps me going. I, I like that you brought up the give and take because I, I think it shines a light on something that some people fear when they're getting into real estate that, well, the only way to win and get what they need is to take. Yeah. But you're you're like totally flipping that on on its head and saying, well, first of all, no, that's not even how you succeed in real estate because look at all the things you're doing. Yeah. Undor grew out of you just like giving. So I don't know if you can like speak to speak to that like fear of 
well, I'm even afraid to like succeed in real estate because I don't want to be a taker. Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, the first thing that we do when we work with our real estate agent, when we're looking at potentially acquiring or buying a new rental property, right, is for our agent to ask either the seller directly or the, the seller's agent, right? What are the top three things that the seller wants from this transaction? And then we go from there to figure out, can we make that work? So we actually go into it, not with the mindset of how could I quote take this property from them because I want it for my selfish portfolio, but more like, what can we give them? How can we solve their problem? And sometimes, you know, people want more money because they need it. Sometimes people want the house off their hands tomorrow if they can, because they're moving or they don't live there, whatever it was, you know, inherited, whatever it may be, right? And for other people, it's they need help with moving their stuff, literally moving truck, whatever. They don't have the funds to organize that, whatever it may be. Right, right, right. Right. So, you know, going in with that mindset, right, I can't possibly have that mindset, at least for me. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I can't go into, you know, a transaction like this with that mindset. And at the same time, be like, oh, I'm taking something from them. Because if I can't get them one of the, you know, one of the things they want, then typically the transaction won't go through. Sure. Because they're not, we're not a right match for each other. I mean, there's always a next one, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just keep looking. Yeah. I imagine, in, so in your coaching, that, that you don't just try to pass these things on to your kids, you try to pass them on to your students. Yeah, but I, I think, yes, but I think it's also implicit just in who I am and like like my values and how I operate. And sure. oftentimes it happens where we start conversations where people are interested in like kind of the coaching aspect of Undoor and we're just not a match for each other because either they're interested in some real estate space that I have no experience in. So I'm not going to claim I can help anyone if I haven't done it myself. But second is, yeah, people just or the people that want the fast button. Like, yeah, I'm talking to you now, Nathan, right? So I can buy property tomorrow. I was like, no, I looked at my market for, I think, a year and a half before I bought the first property every single day. It took me six months to build my team out there, interviewing people every week, spending hours doing this. So if you don't want to put in the work, you know, we're not good for each other. So it happens. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe it happens more often than, than not in some ways. Yeah, I think so. I think there's more people today that are looking for the shortcut than there are people who are ready to do the work and who are really committed to doing, putting in the time and the effort. Well, that's what happens when you stick to your values. You find that instead of trying to get a buck from every source that you can, it is looking for that match specifically. And uh, yep. while it may be a lot more legwork to find that actual match, when you do find that match, the relationship can flourish that much more because of the shared mindset, the shared goals, et cetera. Yeah, 100%. And that typically to bring it back to the give and take book, right? It's those types of relationships that, and I'm not expecting this to happen and I'm not even hoping that it'll happen, but it's those, the more of those situations that you create, the more likely that is going to pay dividends one way or another in the future, where this person that you've helped turns into the president of the United States or whatever, right? And like, hey, this person helped me out when I was starting. Let me reach out and see how they do. And let me see if I can return a favor or whatever. And again, I'm not expecting that or hoping, but you're creating kind of those opportunities, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, gifts keep on giving and yeah. generosity is it always comes back for sure. And that's the kind of mindset that inspires Doorward. For sure. 
Yeah. I mean, I love it. We we're always looking for win-wins and I think the whole, the whole way we've tried to design the platform is, is definitely how do we make like maximize the number of win-wins and to provide the space and the tools that allows people to engage with one another to quickly determine if that's possible. And if not, like who is the person that it is possible to the point you were making before. Exactly. Reminds me of, um, that scene in Miracle on 34th Street where Santa Claus is telling people where to go to get the certain toys for their kids. And it's not always in Macy's. That's right. That's right. I love mm-hmm. that scene as well. We've talked about that scene. And it's, in some ways, that's what like every REI tool is. Here's the magazine of, of all the, like, the, the toys that the other stores are selling. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's great. We've talked about before, Nathan, like where the market is here in 2023 and the mm-hmm. things that you, you're trying to kind of keep an eye out on, but kind of, you know, staying on like this kind of topic of, of adding value, right? Mm-hmm. How is it that you try to like stay on top of the things that you need to stay on top of in order to be able to add value to maybe somebody whose home needs to be bought or to your students, uh, to your partners, things like that? That's a, it's a good question and a tough one to answer because I think it is, it's very context specific, right? So it's whatever the situation you're in with whomever, you know, whatever that person's, you know, situation, mindset, desires, needs are that you have to take that into consideration. I think maybe one thing that I, and I try to do you know, as actively as they possibly can to help with kind of navigating these different situations and to be more successful in these different situations is to to really try to be an active listener to the person across from me or, you know, at the table or in whatever the context is, because, you know, an active listening is not just listening and answering the person's question, right? Or, or, or responding to a comment. It's really trying to get to what is it that is bothering them or important to them or their actual true problem that they're maybe not stating either directly or clearly or accurately. So like really spending that time to listen, right? So that you know how to best address. Mm -hmm. In the middle of reading this other book called The Coaching Habit by Michael uh, Bungay Stanier, Stanier, not sure how you pronounce that last name, but it's relevant because it goes into a lot of, it's obviously a book on coaching, but a lot of what's in there is this author claims that most of the coaching is done by listening and asking questions, not answering or giving advice or sharing experiences or mentorship or anything like that. It's just asking the right questions and letting the person across the table think, and they usually get to solve their puzzle on their own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the active listening piece. Yeah. 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 A critical skill in, especially today. And I think it's one of those things where like, if you do it, like it's a hack, like you're already like going to be one step ahead of other people. You touch on that because in some ways I feel like your, your professional work, your, your nine to five, let's put it, the day job is in this world, right? How do we make sure we're actually listening to what the customer's actual problems are and solving them? Yeah. So hundred percent, like on the the software front of the products that we build hundred percent, you're right. It's what is the customer pain point. And, you know, often the interactions go a potential customer or an existing customer will say, this is what I want. Do it like this. 
Whereas you're like, well, but you know, what problem are you trying to solve? And then you really listen to what the issue is. And then there may be other more creative, more efficient ways to achieve the same result. So yes, but then I think the other aspect of that and you know what I do every day. So I'm, you know, I run engineering teams. So I'm a I'm a people manager. So a lot of this skill is also practiced and honed when building and listening to the teams that I work with. Mm-hmm. Right? See, are they thriving? Are they happy? Are they unhappy? Are they working on what's interesting? How do we help these individuals grow to the next step and all that? So you're right, Dan. I have a lot of opportunities to practice, I guess. Or to, let's say exercise this uh, skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you say has made you a better coach? Yeah, I think so because it. No, I think so just because. Um, it's all about the people at the end of the day, right? It's the people you meet. The people we're all people, and every single endeavor in life is made or broken by the people involved, right? So, being able to be people first, right, and understand how to you know listen and be there, and coach and coaches always comes with this such a like such a formal connotation to it when it's just it's maybe more just yeah being there helping helping grow helping change helping somebody get out of a a funk right or whatever that's incredible nathan thank you for sharing all these things we do a segment at the end of our podcast called three things so based on today's conversation i've went ahead and come up with three questions that our listeners can think about and focus on to help themselves in their life. So an opportunity for you to coach some people by giving some experience or an answer. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read three questions and then you can go ahead and choose one of those questions to answer. Listeners at home, listen to these three questions. And then if you need some help in figuring out how to answer, you can just listen to Nathan because based on everything he's talked about so far, it's going to be a great one. Here are our three things. Number one, which of your values was the most difficult to attain or to practice? And how did you finally, quote, get it? Number two, how does it feel when a project goes in a direction that doesn't exactly follow your values? How do you work to get it back on track? And number three, how do you work on imparting your values to the people that you influence? Those are all good. I don't know which one to go with. Maybe I'll go with the first one. Okay. The values and you know what was hard. Yeah, the question was uh which of your values was the most difficult to attain or to practice and how did you finally get it? I think it's understanding the value of hard work. And the reason I say that and why that one specifically was hard is simply because I think it requires time for one to reap the benefits of the hard work as well as you know retrospectively appreciate and be aware of you know what hard work gives you so it's not something that you can shortcut you know for example I started working on a farm back in Switzerland where I grew up not my parents farm nothing to do with that it's just a kid at school mm-hmm. good friends he's son of farmers and we'd play around the farm a bunch when we were kids. And then you're old enough to pick up a shovel and shovel cow crap. And then, you know, old enough to drive a plow through a field. And it just turned into that thing where I did it mornings before school, afternoons after school. And like, for instance, that was all literally manual labor, hard work that, yes, I got 
some money as a kid, you know, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid, sure. I didn't do much with it. But I think that got me to a place where I'm okay with working hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of working hard. And now because I'm 40 years old, um, I realized that, hey, working hard one's entire life pays dividends because look at where I'm at today. And I'm not saying that with pretension, right? I'm just saying that because it, it's paying off. And I think you can't shortcut that. So I think it's in that sense that it's hard. I don't know if I made sense. Um, no, it makes a lot of sense. And especially when you're not just working hard for you, you're working hard for others as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. See, I'd say that one. It's a great question, though. So we're going to let you go in a little bit here so that you can work hard. Just before we do, can you tell people where to find information about all your products? Sure. So actually, what I just recently did was create a a single landing page that will then send people to all the different projects. So it's just my first name, last name dot com. So NathanMurith.com. Last name is spelled M-U-R-I-T-H. Awesome. Awesome. And there's ways to contact us. There's links to all the different things we're working on, the podcast, the General Art of Crushing podcast, everyreitool.com, and Undoor as well for those who are looking for, I guess I should say free coaching, right? Because we didn't say that explicitly. And I think oftentimes people think coaching, there's a price tag associated to that. And no, the whole intent is to give back. So if you want to talk real estate, we love it. As long as we have time to give back, we'll 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 chat. Very cool. And to follow Undor on Doorward, just use the promo code Undor. Thanks for plugging that. I forgot, Dan. Yep, absolutely. That's U N D O O R. Absolutely. Yep. You told me the story. But I don't know if Nate knows, and of course our listeners don't know. Like the name Undor, just like put a bow on this whole conversation with 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 that. Sure. I was, so I was looking for a a website essentially, but also something that would be, you know, like a a company name, company brand or whatever. Um, And because we're in 2023 today, right? There's every single website known to humankind is already taken and you have to get into these remove all vowels. You have to write these like (laughs) 38 character long, you know, URLs and names for websites because everything else is taken. So it's looking for something short and sweet. And I started playing with the word door simply because most people in the real estate investing space will talk about, touch on, measure their progress or success by number of doors. That's a great word. So I just started searching stuff like that and undoor was available, short, has a ring to it. So yeah, it's like, I yeah. took that one and went with it. Yeah, I love it. Appreciate it. Well, fantastic, Nathan. We will let you get back to helping others and working hard. And we're going to do the same. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me, for sure. Really been a pleasure. Really good to see you. Thanks for being here with us today, Jake. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, 26 degrees, St. Louis. (laughs) Stay warm. That'll do it for today's episode of Doorward Thinking. For more content from the whole team, check out our blog at doorward.com slash doorwardthinking. There's something for everyone, from the contemplative learner to the real estate pro and those learning the business just like me. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter for more news, and subscribe to Doorward Thinking wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and leave us a review. It helps others discover us and learn from these discussions. 
And if you're in real estate and want to join the DoorWord community, go ahead and use promo code DoorWord. That's D-O-O-W-A-R-D for free lifetime access to our platform to follow Nathan and everything that he does. Till next time, I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you to share what you have and to get back to living.